Good morning, everyone. Hello and welcome to this Easter Sunday. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is in my house growing up, we'd be arguing right now, is it Easter Sunday or is it Resurrection Sunday? I'll let you and your family figure that part out, but we just want to say welcome and thanks for joining us. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about this week is that, you know, this Easter is very different. We have a pandemic going on that's sweeping across the globe. Uh, we have rising numbers of sickness and even death. We are, a lot of us are in quarantine, and it seems like all of us are facing the unknown. We're isolated. I'm standing in an empty sanctuary. Um, a lot of you are in your PJs instead of your Sunday's best for Easter morning, and we can feel being apart. But the part of it that I want to kind of focus on, though, is that even though this is very different, perhaps it's also kind of similar. Because the same Jesus tells us not to worry. Our same God calls us to cast our cares upon him. And the spirit is the one who lives in us and gives us not a spirit of fear, but a sound, sound mind. Easter might be different for us how we feel, but we have to also remember the things that are similar. We are physically apart, but still united by the spirit. We are united as God's kin, God's family, that Jesus died so that we can all be sisters and brothers. We are united with kin across the globe, across the country, but also across the centuries. It's we're united with saints of old. We're united across our screens. One of the things that I've really appreciated is how our missionaries from all over the world have been able to join us and have church with us every single week or our shut-ins, people who, because of health issues, can't be physically with us, who are now with us every week. And how even though we're apart in our separate houses, we can all unite and pray together. So perhaps Easter's very different, but let's hold on to those things that are the same. Because Christ is still risen today. And maybe, just maybe, this different Easter will remind us of that Sunday morning of that first Easter morning, that things were quiet, that people might have felt fear, that no one knew what was going to happen, but we all found out that Christ is risen. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, we thank you this morning for the gift of your Son, for your perfect love. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning for being with Jesus, for teaching us how he lived and loved so that we can know how to live and love to please God. And Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you, resurrected one. We lift you up, our holy king. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for loving us even unto death. And we thank you like you promised. You are indeed risen, and you're risen indeed. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 16. I'll be reading Mark 16, the first eight verses, starting at verse 1. When Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they can, might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. We have come through Holy Week. 
We began last week on, on Palm Sunday where we learned about Jesus, our servant king, the one who entered Jerusalem as the Messiah, and, and, and before he was killed, he was a condemned criminal. We learned the stories, and as we read through Holy Week, we find out that Jesus, the God of this universe, was betrayed by those closest to him. He was hunted, he was arrested, he was beaten, he was suffered, and he was crucified. The servant king gave himself and he gave it all for us. Before the cross, we get to Gethsemane. And in Gethsemane, we learn that Jesus himself, even though his whole life knew what he was going to do, until he accepted that destiny, until he accepted, not my will, but yours be done, Father. And then on the cross on Good Friday, Jesus, who had just preached to his disciples about the least of these and how to love the least of these, were reminded that he himself becomes the least of these. For on the cross, our Jesus was hungry, and his body was the only bread. Our Jesus was thirsty, and all they could offer him was wine and gall. Our Jesus was a stranger who was taken outside of the city to be crucified and had to go in the tomb of Joseph, a friend, but not a family member. And we always forget this, but the God of the universe not only died for us on the cross, but he was probably naked or at least very exposed. He was humiliated. Jesus was also sick in the sense of sickly beaten. He was so beaten that he was broken down. He was imprisoned by Roman soldiers. The God of this universe so loved us that he suffered awful humiliation for us. They dressed him up like a fake king. They knelt before him sarcastically. They beat him with a scepter. They said, show your power. Show your power to us and come down from the cross. Jesus was naked, bruised, broken, and bleeding. And in all of that, not only did he love God, but he trusted God. Not only did he love us, but he suffered for us. And we're reminded that on Calvary's tree, Jesus was never alone. Though he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Father was present with him. The Spirit was present with him. The servant King Jesus gave himself, and he gave it all for us. And then there's three days in the grave. Hope is lost. Three days in the grave. The disciples are lost and scattered. Three days in the grave. But as the psalmist reminds us, though sorrow lasts for the night, the joy comes in the morning. And as John, one of Jesus' probably best friend, reminds us that though it seemed dark, the true light was always already shining. And then comes resurrection morning. Jesus has risen. But before then, we'll go back a little. Because I want to remind you something that we find in Mark's text. The Last Supper had happened. And at the Last Supper, you have Jesus serving all his his, his disciples and taking the lowest form and washing feet and serving people who would betray him. And a lot of us, you know, we've been blessed with the opportunity to probably eat dinner as a family more than we have in years for some of us. And even though he's eating with people who are his family, these are people who will betray him and desert him. And there's Peter. And we know about Peter being told by Jesus that that you will deny me three times. But Mark earlier, a couple chapters previously, reminds us that even in telling Peter that you will deny me three times, Jesus reminds him, yes, I will die. 
for I will be raised again. And I will go ahead to Galilee and meet you there. So on this resurrection morning, after Jesus had reminded them he will rise, Jesus has suffered, Jesus has died, three days in the grave, the faithful women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the, the mother of a, another disciple, James, the son of Alphaeus, so Alphaeus' wife, Mary, and Salome, who we believe was the, 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 the mother of James and John. They had gotten up early because, you see, Jesus was killed on Friday, and it was after the Sabbath. So in that culture, what they would do is they would need to anoint the body and rinse it and prepare it, and they couldn't do that because he died after the Sabbath. And what I love about this story is for so many years, I appreciated that it was the women who stayed at the cross. I appreciated it was the women who get the resurrection story. But I think what I missed for years was it's the women who are so faithful and dutiful that even though Jesus died after the Sabbath, they knew his body needed anointing and they wanted to buy special spices for him and they were just being faithful. And it's a reminder to us that we may not have to know how exactly the story unfolds, but if we're faithful to God, there is blessing. And so they wake up early that morning, and they might have gone to the market to buy their spices, and they're going and they're walking, and all they're thinking about is not that he told us he will rise again, but that we just want to honor our friend, our king, our Lord. We're going to honor his body. And as they're walking Mark throws in a little bit of humor. At least it's funny to me because these women are probably a little bit older, right? They have sons that are disciples of Jesus. So safely we can say they're in their 50s, maybe 40s. I don't know. But they're pretty older. And they walk into the tomb and it hits them. Who's going to roll away the stone? See, the stone wasn't just heavy. It was meant to not just keep animals out, but it was meant to keep the odor in. The stone was so heavy that they would build a groove that they would kind of sit into. And these women are now excited, or maybe not excited, but they're going to do their duty. And they're thinking to themselves, there's three of us. We're a little bit older. And again, in our culture, maybe that's not old, but in their culture, 40 to 50 is older. Just bear with me. They're thinking, who will roll away the stone? And that's all they're worried about because they want to get in to anoint and rinse Jesus' body. But as they pull up, they see the stone has been rolled away. As they walk in, they see a, a man dressed in white sitting off to the right. Now, for most of us who know this story, we think, oh, it's an angel. But for them, they are so startled. They don't know if it's an angel, a priest, or someone who they should be afraid of, or someone who's stolen the body. And the angel gives them this simple message. You are seeking Jesus, the Nazarene. He is risen, just like he said. And remember what he told you a few days ago. When he rises up, he will go ahead of you and meet you in Galilee. And I love that he says, go and tell the disciples, but also Peter. What a reminder to us that our God doesn't hold our deepest failures against us. What a reminder to us that even when we let him down, he always forgives. What a reminder to us that even in our moments of weakness, God is still with us. Jesus didn't just forgive Peter, he loved Peter, and he wanted not just the disciples to know, but Peter to know that, yes, you betrayed me, but I'm still coming for you. And then the story ends. 
You know, in some of your Bibles, you might have a, a, another rendering of Mark. I think it's like verses 9 to 20. And there's this raging debate on, well, we, we're not sure if this is like part of the story or, or where the text comes in. And what's fascinating is some people actually believe that maybe the scroll is missing a part or maybe this was added later to kind of to sum up the whole story. But what I've been thinking about this week is, what if Mark wanted to end it there? What if Mark wanted to end it there and just be like, Jesus is risen, they're terrified, they don't know what's next. And I think it's okay to end it there for this simple reason, because we're terrified, because we don't know what's next. But the point of the story is not our terror or not knowing what's next, it's simply Jesus is risen. And that's where we can have hope in this morning, that we might be scared. We might not know what's next, but Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And if we look at the whole gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can see that time and time again in his story, Jesus predicts his death and resurrection. And now it's true. When we look at the scripture, we see that there's witness of angels, that Jesus was risen and he gave the message to the women. We know the story of the empty tomb. But let us also remember that Jesus appeared over 500 people. He appeared to over 500 people after the resurrection. Let us also remember that these same disciples who had been with him for three years, who had deserted him, who were scared for their lives, would not only believe that Jesus was risen, but would die for that truth. Let us also remember that we, the church today, are a fruit of the risen Savior. That we, the church today, all over the world, are the fruit of people who believe that Christ is risen. The resurrection is important, not just for Easter morning. The resurrection is important because it's a line in the sand. Jesus was fully human. Jesus fully died. And Jesus was fully resurrected. Paul says, if there is no resurrection, there is no faith. Everything we believe is in vain. Everyone who's ever believed have believed the wrong thing. Everyone who's died are dead in their sins forever. The resurrection is not just a line in the sand, but it's a reminder that our God is alive. And in this season where for some of us we're feeling death or reading stories of death or feeling death. Let the spring rule internal because Christ is risen. In our house, um, my, my family, I would say my family, but it's not really me. It's just my wife and daughters have been rediscovering their green thumb. And one of the things that's been really neat for, the, for me to see anyway is my wife cut um, a, a piece of celery. You know, I think people eat that stuff, you know. But the, the base of the celery, you know, she has it in this little jar. And every day we get to see the new celery stalk emerge a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. I was reminded this week from Pastor Linda about all these little things that grow into large things. About how, you know, a sperm and an egg can grow into a baby, and then you blink and that baby grows into an adult. About how a spark can grow into a wildfire. About how a little mustard seed can grow into a big bush. About how any other seed can grow into a red oak tree. That's what the resurrection is. Paul reminds us, scripture reminds us, just as through one man sin entered into the world, but through one man, through the act of death and resurrection, Life has come to us all. 
The resurrection compels us to share the story. In our culture, we do a good job of, of tell your story, tell your story. But the resurrection reminds us that our story is important. But Christ's story is the most important. And we must live to share his story. The resurrection compels joy, even in this season. It's a reminder to us that death has been defeated. It's a reminder to us that God is pleased. It's a reminder to us that victory has been won. So sorrow may last for the night, and in this case, it was three days. But praise God for the resurrection. Praise God for joy that comes in the morning. Praise God that Christ's victory is now our own. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. God bless you. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. And hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning. That sealed the promise Your buried body Began to breathe Out of the silence The roaring lion Declare the grave Has no claim on me 
sing it again. Then came the morning. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. And out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Because Jesus, yours, is the victory. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ. My living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope. And I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and mine alone Can change the leper's spots And the heart of stone Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow When before the throne I stand in Him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, and all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. 
Well, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. And oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul quotes Isaiah and says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. And if that wasn't enough, he quotes Hosea and says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? And then he reminds us that the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Death, where is your victory? Christ is risen, sin has been defeated. Christ is risen, death has been defeated. Christ is risen, we have hope to do God's work together. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for this reminder of love, that love is what sacrifice through Jesus, that love is you doing your best for our best, that love is you gifting us your best. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that on this day and every day, we get to celebrate that we serve a risen king. We get to celebrate that the servant king who came and died is now alive. We get to celebrate that death and sin has been defeated forever. Holy Spirit, be with us. Continue to weave us together. Continue to give us hope every day. Lord, even in this state of sin and death all around us, help us to know that life is coming, that spring is here, that Christ is risen, and Christ is risen indeed. In your holy and precious name, amen. Christ is risen. God bless you all.